All right. Thank you very much, Sarah. We're going to get started today uh, right away. And uh, Allison is preparing the presentation. This is essentially briefing for us on a new set of experiments that we've been conducting. And uh, we'd like to get right in the content. The only thing I might do first is take you to some things that will help you to prepare for the next web clinic. So, Allison, let's look at that particular. Advance me, if you would, to the next slide. Our next web clinic, uh, the actual briefing, and I guess if you're familiar with us, you know how we do this. Typically, we are typically we are briefing you in these uh, clinics on experiments, and they're followed up by the written brief with additional information. The the, the, the clinics have information actually. You know, sometimes there are 10, 12,000 words in our transcripts, and our briefs are 1,500 to 2,500 words. But we also add key data sometimes to the briefs. So you really want to get the briefs and the clinics, and they're, it's all free. In our next clinic, we're going to be looking at email copy. We're going to be talking about how to optimize the copy for your emails. And you'll see on the screen an advertisement there or, or, or an email address. All that is is an invitation for you to send some emails to marketingexperiments.com as samples. We're going to select some samples submitted by our audience and actually optimize those live on the conference call. It's an opportunity for you to make significant money uh, with uh, an increase in ROI uh, and both test design as you think about how you'd like to optimize those emails. So may I suggest that you submit some sample copy. Uh, this needs to be, and I'll give you a couple of caveats, it needs to be an email that is essentially linked to an offer page to sell a product. doesn't matter with the service itself, when I say product in, in the most generic sense, but it's an offer letter via email. It's an email designed to get a click, which is designed to get you to buy. So submit some of those. We'll pick some, and we'll actually use them. And at the same time, we'll be revealing a lot of data from our own recent experiments with email copy and the processes that will help you to optimize your email copy. So uh, having said that, I'm going to just move on to the next piece of content. All right. In the realm of content advertising, there's a critical question. And it's one that I've heard debated in many circles. I've heard it debated at the agencies, and I've heard it debated in various boardrooms. And that is which ad is going to perform better. And that is whether it's an ad that stands out from the host site's content or an ad that blends in. Indeed, I'll go a step further and say that one of the talents that many agencies bring to the business is enough creativity to create an ad that stands out or an ad campaign that stands out. Many of them would pride themselves, I think, really on their capacity to do something so creative uh, that it would capture the attention of people who are moving uh, across the site in terms of iPath. Our question is, would an ad designed to stand out outperform an ad that is designed to blend in? And the answer is a bit counterintuitive because Regardless of how the test turns out, you might even ask, what's the point of testing such an ad? An ad that blends in might not be seen. Well, we designed a series of tests. And uh, we know that right now, in, in fact, in 2006, marketers spent at least $2.5 billion on content ads. So we think it would be important to understand something about optimizing those ads themselves. We're looking for the most effective way uh, 
to accomplish that. And um, all things being equal, we ran some tests, and we want to share that with you now. So let's go ahead. We conducted three tests with ads that stand out from surrounding content and those that blend in. And I'd like to look at one of those ads right now. We ran an ad that stood out from its surroundings on two separate occasions. Uh, you can look at the way this ad is designed. There's a commercialized call to action. There are credibility indicators uh, built in. That's the brands that are used here. There's a product guarantee, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a classic ad with some, some solid optimization. Let's move on to the next example. Now, you can see the ad within the context of the experiment by seeing as it looks on the page itself. As you're watching this, you're going to be able to ask questions. Some of you are going to have questions that I'll get to at various breaks during this, so feel free to continue to, to send those questions. If they're technical questions, our support staff will answer them for you. If they have to do with the actual content here, I'll try to answer them. If I can't answer them, I'll actually have staff members try to contact you via email because of the, you know, our time. I think we'll be able to have some solid questioning today, so I just you know, would invite you to start submitting those questions using the question and answer feature that you've got. Uh, with that in mind, look at this page, see where this ad is at, and ask yourself, is this a high-performing ad? Would this ad work well? Uh, the ad, we consider this to be an ad that stands out until pretty quickly it's not a regular part of the page. All right, let's move on. So here's how it performed. And um, two different sins, two different conversion rates, both sins, when I talk about conversion now, I'm, I'm speaking of click-through, and the reason I can use the word conversion for that as well is the way we define conversion, it's just a function of division as you measure opportunities against actions, and sometimes that's click-through and sometimes that's financial you know, in nature in terms of a buy button being clicked or all the way through to a purchase. In this case, the results are dismal. You can see the ad performance in front of you. So... What does that mean? What can we learn from that? Let's continue to look at some of the experiments and see what we discover. All right, so here's test two. This is with eMarketer. There are three ads on the site. By the way, you'll notice these ads are connected to some of Marketing Experiment's own offerings. The reason we chose it in this particular instance, and in some instances to tell you this information, is because a lot of our research partners... Um, are concerned about revealing information. Uh, we're partnered with groups like the New York Times and Reuters and, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica, and there's things we can tell you and there's things we can't. In this case, by using ads from something that we were testing here with MEC, we were able to get right in and show you the exact statistics and the ad copy. And I think really our goal here is to provide content that's absolutely actionable and that can help you. So we're kind of peeling back uh, the specifics on our own pieces here. They were all designed as part of this experiment. And I think I should show them to you with one other caveat. I know that a lot of people in the industry will come to MEC and copy the things that it's doing, its offer pages, landing pages, and ads, assuming that because of all of our experimentation, they're getting research best practices. In truth, you may be if you have the optimized version, but you never know with us because we're changing things constantly. You may even come to our site and see an absolutely foolish offer page or a foolish uh, you know, email that's sent out. In some cases, it's just because we're foolish. <laughs> but in most cases, it's because uh, we're testing. 
And sometimes the things that look most foolish outperform the others. There's a bit of that in, in this experiment. And if you look and you'll see marketing ad one and two and three, they're all really quite different. These are variable clusters. Each of them represent what we'd consider a radical redesign. You can see some of the things that we used here. In this first ad, we talked about a pretty remarkable conversion increase of 816%. Now, that's been documented. I've presented that at various conferences. And, and it's a series of experiments. It's a valid number. And uh, it's a pretty attention-getting headline. If you look at the next ad, uh, training classes and online testing, it comes across with less of a sales presentation in its feel, in its voice. And it plays rather a, a bit more on the academic piece. It's got my own name and uh, for whatever that's worth in the marketplace in terms of brand. It's got marketing experiments. It's got a, a professor, uh, Dr. David Riley, who's got a PhD from MIT in economics. And, uh, and we're using that approach to see what kind of response we get. The third ad is rather different. It actually fits into the look and feel of the site. And, um, you know, the results here may fool you. Uh, don't let the nature of this topic make you pick the wrong ad, but I would invite you right now to take just a moment and vote for the ad that you think is most effective. Another warning, don't try to, you know, outguess us or because we're not trying to be tricky here, and I would rather you just look at these ads and say if you were designing the ad, let's suppose someone in your marketing department designed all three of these ads, which one would you utilize? Go ahead and vote. I'm watching. I see number one come in. I see number three come in. One, three, one, 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 three, one, three. There's a lot of ones here coming in. One, probably one, three, three, one, three, one. Not a lot for two. I, I can see that nobody really appreciates my name or Dr. David Riley's, and I have to say I'm deeply hurt over that. <laughs> Most of you are picking three or one. Just put in the number that you think is best in the chat feature. Somebody asked the question in the Q&A feature. Keep voting. I'm watching. Mark Berger, you voted for two, and I'll take that as a compliment. Congratulations. You're probably one of three or four that did, but nevertheless, I will remember you. <laughs> All right. A lot more votes coming in. I'm going to give you one more minute or two. I mean, one more second or two. <laughs> Good. Excellent. I was lecturing last week at a college, um, old 150-year-old school in the Northeast, and it's very interesting. I I was teaching a pretty fresh class in marketing, and I I asked him to select from creative, not this creative, but a different set. And I asked these college students who were freshmen to determine which piece of creative they thought would best perform. I was doing it because I was leading up to a basically a, a lesson that was rather remarkable to them, and that was the importance of testing. So I was lecturing on marketer's intuition. I showed them three pieces of creative. I had them pick the creative they thought would do best. They were very eager to see the actual test results, but instead I showed them that I had asked a professional audience of marketers the same question that I had asked the college students, and I showed them how the professional marketers, you know, determined what would work best. And I had a statistician in the class calculating averages, taking the votes, doing percentages. We reflected their choice, and then we reflected the professional marketing audience's choice, and then we showed them the data. Well, as you can imagine, they were mistaken, and the professor, who was a, who was a lovely professor and transparent and didn't try to pretend he was an expert, 
we did this three times with three different sets of creative, and he selected the wrong creative every single time. And he actually held up his hand and voted with his class, so you have to give him credit for that. What's interesting is the class, although they failed in their choices uh, overall, and uh, because and, and I wanted them to. I wanted them to see the importance of testing, which was the major finding in that lecture. But what's very interesting is they actually outguessed the professional marketing audience. I mean, if you can imagine, I, I, I had asked these questions to 50,000 professional marketers and polled them and taken their votes. And this freshman class, they're, of course, full of... Um, um, youthful exuberance over that fact and um, I'm sure the real world will help um, validate the fact that it's not always easy to guess and uh, and really the data showed that they made mistakes too. They learned a lot. So let's look and find out how these ads perform. Look at them a bit uh, in context. It might be that it's helpful for you to think about your choice now and you can revote if you'd want. You don't have to, but you can look at the way the ad appears on the page. And in this case, you'll see how this ad stands out. Text is larger, uh, the logo, etc. You don't see it on the page because this is all done in real time. But you can see the ad, and you can imagine how that page ad will play on that piece of copy or on that page design. Here's number two, and again, it stands out. And this is again the page. And then here's number three. Okay. There's a slight delay between when I change the slides and you see them, so we're giving that just a moment. And you should be able to see uh, number three now. And you can see how number three more or less blends with the page. While, that, while we're giving you a moment to look at that, and just before I reveal the data, as always, people are asking me, are we going to be able to get a copy of your presentation? Uh, we will release a, a, the briefing itself. The full report will come out for everyone that's in this clinic and everyone that's, um, you know, uh, a, a subscriber to the journal. By the way, uh, soon we're going to be releasing uh, a major book that lays out all kinds of experiments over the last 12 to 14 months. It's, it really is exciting for me. I, when, when I put all that data in one book and look at it, it's just full of learnings. All right, let's keep going. Here you go. Let's look at the numbers. We need to correct that. Correct that for me live. Uh, you can do a percent of change. Uh, in fact, I'll just tell you what the difference is, to, the, what you need to understand. You, you can go differently depending on how you look at it, but the calculation as to what you need to understand all depends on how you want to look at this. But the bottom line is add three outperformed ad two dramatically. That is to say that my name is absolutely worthless. And I'm really not so surprised at that. Um, ad one did reasonably well. And many of you thought that ad one would do well. But ad three outperformed it, 32 to 27%. All right. Uh, let's keep going. Hopefully, something is emerging in your thinking. I think you will continue to to help as you start to look at the next things we're going to show you. Here's the next test. And this test is really worth talking about. I We tested two offer links on this site. And uh, 
we can't show you the company, but we can show you pieces of the page. And, and you know, please don't try to track down the company. Let's be gracious to them. But just notice, notice the difference in the links. At the bottom left is a green button. On the bottom right is a blue text link. Now, we think buttons are very important. And for those of you that automatically default to the setting, well, I mean, a text link will work, bear in mind that this had underlining, had the basic feel of a text link. The only thing we did is make it easy for someone to see the button, to start the free file. Now, you know and I know that's vital. We, we elevated the impact of the button. We did this so that someone would see the dog, move from the center copy, and go straight down. Now, you say, well, what, if, what does the eye actually do on this page? Well, it will actually go to the dog, start down, cut to the right, and probably back down to the green. You can tell that, but if you look at what they have on the right, it's a start your free trial, so it's all right if they click there. We covered all our bases. Now, the question I have for you is which ad performed best? That's a vital question. I just want you to think about that. Look at the ads in a moment. I want to get your votes again. We're telling all of these things as we go through them. Just to make it, yeah, just to help you this time, before you vote, look at the next page, and we're going to do a close-up of one and two. Now, not everything works. It's native-looking. We used a concept, and I'll talk more about that in just a moment, but look here at the button link. Move from the button link. And now we're going to look at the text link. Uh, somebody asked, is 32% statistically, uh, statistically significantly better than 27 uh, we have two or three approaches for how we calculate that. We teach it in our certification course, and I'll be happy to share that with you perhaps in an email. You know, we either work with the standard confidence interval, and we calculate that in our test protocol documents, and we, we also have some other validation methods that we have and we've experimented on. We teach that. It's a good question. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it really, the way you're really going to measure it is beyond the data that I show here. Again, to that questioner, you're going to be looking at what happens after those click-throughs because it's the, it's the differential in the actions and the results that will determine how wide uh, or determine, you know, whether or not the variance is significant. All right, so let's just hold there for a matter. Does it matter that the dog's in a block? Well, uh in actuality, the dog isn't in a block. It just looked like that on that particular screenshot. If you'll get to the page you're looking at right now, you'll see the dog is no longer in that block. It's a good question. I think it would be a mistake if it was. We see it with or without it, and I think that's just a matter of how we captured it. Someone's asked, is a red Add to Cart button better than a default gray? I'm getting ready to give you stats in just a moment. Uh, I see your votes are starting to come in. I'd like you to keep voting while I'm talking. I'm going to answer questions. While I'm answering questions, you vote on which ad you think will do best. Speaking of buttons, someone's asked, is a red at the cart button better than a default gray? Uh, I think in most cases, 
uh, red is better, but I think you have to look at it in context. If you don't do it right, I think I think that sometimes red can send off a, a negative connotation depending on how the color is used. Obviously, it should be tested, but that's been my experience. Um, the shape of the button and the way the red is used in relation to the other colors on the side. Generally speaking, gray is not that great. It is not that good a color for buttons and click through. All right. Um, keep voting. I'm watching. I'll just read a row of these for those of you that are listening. One, 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 two, one, 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 two, 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 one. Uh, you know, that's that kind of a feel for how people are voting. Now, I'm sure you want to see the data, and I, I want to go there with you. But I'm going to offer you an opportunity to do something else before we actually look at this particular slide and, and look at the data table that is uh, connected with it. I'd like to ask you to take a moment, use the Q&A function to suggest to me some pages that have your own ads on them and ask me how we might optimize those particular ads if we were working on them in a research project. Clearly, I believe that testing is the, way, the only way to truly know. But I will suggest that after doing so many tests for so many years, we have a group of research best practices that can almost, in many cases, get significant results before we ever run the first test. We still test because sometimes we're surprised and because we want to improve those results. Submit your page. Submit me links right now, and we will look. I see the links starting to come in. Now, I'm going to get messy. This is not part of our program. I just decided to do this. Allison, who is um, extremely helpful right now, is actually running the system for me. And what I'm going to do is, is help her because we're doing this on the fly, all right? Allison, open a browser in the left window, which means you'll need to minimize this PowerPoint. We're going to come back to the PowerPoint. We're going to show you the data. All right. Just reduce that. Good. Open up Mozilla. Okay, Allison's opening up a browser, and she's going to she's going to go to the website, and then we're going to drag it over. So uh, I see I see Walmart.com forward slash apparel. Now, I've got a number of team members and analysts on the line right now, and I want to invite them to help me. Uh, Eric Stockton is on the line who oversaw a lot of the experimentation that we just laid out for you. And uh, Eric is um, extremely effective. So, Eric, you know, any thoughts or background that you want to add to the experiments, please feel free to do that. Yeah. Carlos, if you're on the line with thoughts, please feel free to... Uh, to weigh in. Jimmy Ellis, if you're on the line, would you ping me with chat or with something? Uh, I'd like to get uh, your involvement as well. And uh, we're looking at these right now. I'm at the Walmart ad, and I'm going to ask the person who submitted the Walmart. That's, uh, that's Michelle. Michelle, would you specify the ad that you'd like to look at on that particular page? Just do that in the chat feature. Or use Q&A and just tell me what you'd like to look at. Is it the rotating ad to the top? Scroll to the bottom of the page. We're doing that. All right. Scroll on down, Allison. Good. 
All right? And then is it the, the Great Meals, Great Values food recipe ad that helps whiten colors or both? All right, the Tide ad. All right, so this is what I'm doing. I hope that you can all see that. Allison, if you can, uh, if there's any way you can increase that, I'm not sure that you can. I think everybody can see it well. It's pretty clear. I'm looking at it on multiple monitors. I have six, seven monitors in front of me. All right, I think everyone can see it well. Do you see the tight ad? Before we weigh in with what we would do, let me invite you again in the audience. Let's help Michelle uh, right now. She's wanting to optimize this particular ad. If we can do this succinctly and helpful, we'll probably get to another ad, and we'll look at that together. So I'm going to weigh in and tell you what I think based on our experimentation. I will also reveal you that final data set. Uh, so Allison, remind me to do that, you know. Uh, but let's please look at her ad, and would you make suggestions? I want to hear what the audience thinks. I know we have some fine marketers here and some excellent optimization experts. Talk to us. Tell us what you would do. I'm reading. Use the Q&A feature and just write it in. All right, someone said, Ruth says, add a percentage of how much wider. Uh, someone's noted that the eye focuses on the tight image. That's true. I don't get what will happen if I press the Learn More button, so I wouldn't press it. That's a very good point. Someone said maybe a more action-oriented, enticing call to action rather than Learn More. I'd like to talk in a moment about when to use the Learn More wording. I think it will help, be helpful to do that, so I'm making note of that. And I'm going to talk about several of these points in just a moment. I'm reading as they come in here. Uh, Harold says, use the word free. He says, make an offer. Someone says, the word true seems out of place. Someone says, left justify instead of center. Someone says, include costs for helping stay true. Someone says, there should be an image of a consumer with the tide to demonstrate how it is better. Someone said, use numbers. That's back to earlier. All right. Someone says, don't start with help. That's a good point also. Someone says, the gradient washes it out. Someone says, tie it into the clothes that are selling. Like, keep your new clothes looking new. Stop color fading, someone said. All right. Let's just, let's just look. I'm making those comments. I'm reading what our our audience is suggesting for a couple of reasons because there's a lot of experts on the phone and I hope Michelle that this is good for you at the same time I'd like I'd like to tell you what I've learned from the research that we do here and suggest some ways that might make a difference okay uh, one optimization requires a certain communications gift that borders almost on psychic ability. I'll explain. It requires you to have a sense for what the person who sees the ad is experiencing. Not just thinking, but what's, what, what emotions are being evoked. What thoughts are moving in and out of their mind. Where their eyes stop and linger. The men and women who are especially good at this in almost every case are brilliant communicators. Often they don't have time for testing. They can't bother with testing. They believe in it, but somebody else has to do all of the rest because they are so talented at this one thing 
that they really can't be bothered with lots of analysis and details. I've seen this in many direct mail organizations where your, your first-rate creative person is entirely different than the person who oversees the overall marketing and the testing. Now, we know that's a wearability. I would suspect that many of you marketers on the line right now uh, don't fit that very special skill set. You may be good on a scale of 1 to 10. You may be 4 or 7 or an 8. But there's not very many 9 or 10s out there because there just aren't that very many people who are that gifted. If you've never encountered someone like that or worked with someone like that, you may not realize what a difference they can make in your advertising. They're also sometimes difficult to manage, but they're good. However, I think there's something I can share with you right now, a principle that will, in most cases, trump the ability to persuade. We think of copywriting as an act of persuasion. We think of ads as something to do with attention and persuasion. Attention is not enough. You've got to focus attention on some action or there is never any transaction. So what is the one element that trumps this amazing gift for persuasion? I'll tell you what it is. It is clarity. I am shocked. I am over and over again surprised. Sometimes I just walk away in, in unbelief at how many campaigns, how many ads, how many letters, how many offer pages I encounter in a month in which there is a lack of clarity. And the worst part about it is sometimes it's my own work on my own pages. Please know that the very best way, the first step, the most important part of writing an effective ad is absolute clarity. So, my first suggestion about this, a much more comprehensive suggestion than some of the very interesting points brought up by the audience, and there were some very good things said. I don't like starting with the word help. I think that's a vital point. Uh, I think you could do something different with this bottle, uh, the Tide bottle itself. If you're going to feature the product as opposed to the benefit, then at least give me some dimension to the product so that it's not looking at me in that flat fashion. I could point out a lot of those uh, peripheral pieces, but may I say this most importantly? I don't understand the ad. Now, Michelle, you may have written the ad, or you may not have written the ad. So the last thing I want to do is, you know, is it is offend you. But if I can be, if you give me permission to be critical now, it might be helpful for you. I don't understand the ad. I don't know what stay true means. Oh, good. Michelle didn't write it. Everyone, we're in the clear. <laughs> I I don't understand what it means. I don't know what stay true means. It help. It help. Help whites and colors. Who helps whites and colors? Tide helps whites and colors? I'm supposed to help whites and colors? I'm not sure who's talking. I'm not sure who they're talking to. So there's a voice problem. That's number one. But not only is there a voice problem, there's a message problem. I, I'm not sure what it's asking me to do. And then we could talk about that more, but I think you probably understand that. So it brings me to another problem, and it was brought up by other people. One of the most effective links I've used is learn more. 
But in this particular case, uh, it's absolutely ineffective because there's nothing about this ad that makes me want to learn more. And besides, it's tied. It's just tied. It, it's not an Encyclopedia Britannica article. And so, what was the point, uh, Allison? I don't see which part is Michelle. Just click that. Okay, the goal is to learn more and go to the page. Let's go there. Let's click. Michelle, we, we will have to go to the page in order to write the ad. And most of you know that to write a good you need to come from the page they came from to the page they're on and then through to the page you want them to go to. All right, now I see this page. Michelle, what is the goal of this page? This is an offer page, I think. Or is it to get a newsletter? Watch Michelle's answer there. Scroll down. It's a new product launch. Okay. All right, now, I'd like to... I would do product optimization before I, if I had a chance. That's not what this call is about. Uh, I think I think the concept of tied bleach in itself, I would have tested that very carefully. But I, I'll assume you've done that. I have reservations about the way it's named. But I, let's let's take the assumption that it's a new product launch. What are you doing on this page? Are you asking me to sign up so you can tell me about the product more? Okay, you are in a you're in a find in store now that is not available. Maybe a, a coupon could help, Jack said, okay. Tied with a bleach alternative. Just to learn more about the new product is what Michelle is saying. All right, well then let's go back. Hit the back button. I do not believe and, and Michelle again I'm gonna be brutal and candid, I don't believe anything about the next page suggest there's something I'm supposed to learn. Um, I think if all I was trying to do was to get you to request information, now it looks like we've lost, we clicked back and we lost the old ad based on ad rotation, so let's just go forward, go, to the, go back, go, go on to the page we were at. Hit the forward button, there we go. Uh, Michelle, the first thing I would have done then is I would have used the, if I if I was just trying to, give them information, I would have followed the simple rule that you never give information for which you haven't created a need, a question. It's a question that drives the, the whole process. So I would have used the ad to raise a vital question. It's pretty hard to do it in the space that you had right there. If I were looking at the entire campaign, I think my response would be that the, the whole thing is weak. From I mean the campaign, meaning just this ad and this page. If this is an information page, then I would make it an information page. In fact, I would make it like an FAQ version on this new product. I'd have something powerful up there, a compelling one-paragraph summary of the new product. I'd make sure they understood that this is a new product. It's not clear that it's a new product and that it does something exactly what it does. It's most distinct element. The element that separates it from all of its competitors would be emphasized in the paragraph and an invitation to understand more, and from there, I would move into probably an FAQ style about the new product. Will it work with X and Y? Uh, you know, what makes it so special? You know, all kinds of these consumer questions that are in the back of their mind, and I drive that with that FAQ page with really useful information. As it is, it's 
for them to really learn anything, they're going to have to click yet again. And you know you're losing half your audience every time they click. And in this case, I'll bet you lose more. How many people are going to click again to Tide.com? It's just not compelling enough to do that. The other thing I would probably do is, is I would use people on this page who are using the product uh, and how they use the product would probably be the, the graphics that were interacted between my FAQ. You know, unique ways it's being used right now by real people. I'd give the product the voice of a person. Now, I'm just touching this. There's about seven or eight more things I'd like to talk about, but I think I have to stop now, okay? Allison's giving me the sign that I, I need to move on, and whatever Allison says, I obey. So we're going to look at another ad. Michelle, do you find that helpful? And if not, uh, feel free to email us, and you can talk more with us and beat us up by email. Okay. Uh, let's let's move on. And I would, I would appreciate either an email or a, some longer feedback from you about this and your reactions and thoughts, because I realize that we're doing this on the fly without a voice-to-voice -voice conversation. And you may have important qualifiers that I don't know. All right, we're going to move to a different place. Um, let's go to a let's go to a consumerreports.org. Now, consumerreports.org is Eric Black. Eric, we're there, and we want you to tell us now using the feature, the Q and A feature, what you want us to evaluate. Okay, I'm there. Both ads on the right side. All right, so let's just take one ad for now. And um, let's start with a subscription offering up at the top. Subscribe online. I want, to, again, to hear your comments. Marketing experts, help me. Uh, please make a notation here. Uh, start adding what you would do to optimize the subscribe online ad on the right-hand side of this page. As you are doing there, all right, I'm going to start reading. Uh, lose the join today in order to get the online access. Is it free? Someone asks. They need to know that. Does it cost anything? Someone asks. Looks good to me, someone said. What am I subscribing to? Someone said. Uh, again, a question about cost. Again, about offer incentive. Another about don't force them to another page. Uh, someone says offer a free trial. Uh, Eric says I didn't create the ad. <laughs> it's not a bad ad, Eric. You might want to wait on that. Uh, have some sort of uh, kill promo copy, uh, much, much more. All right. We're going to optimize this ad. But before we do it, let's click on the subscribe button and see what comes up next. We know a sense where they came from. All right. Now we're going to see where they go. All right. Now, I would love Eric to optimize this page. I predict we could double conversion on it right now just based on the layout. I've, I've tested that over and over again. Interesting. All right, so there's the page. It's an offer page. It's kind of a standard corporate-looking offer page, uh, two-column in approach. 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I can just tell you you're losing a lot of money in this page. But the most important thing is the ad. That's what we're working on now. So subscribe to Consumer Reports. Subscribing. The headline here now is subscribing to consumerreports.org. The headline is not subscribe now for 24/7 access to our ratings. I know that's the headline you see when you wrote the page, and I know that's the headline right up there under the banner. But that is actually experiencing banner blindness, and I guarantee you that 60% of your audience, if not more, never even reads that. They read the bold text, subscribing to consumerreports.org. They think they've already seen the banner when they were on the other page. Now, I need to know that because I need to know what's the first words they see when they come to the offer page. I have to know that in order to work backwards and write the correct ad because the offer page should be closely anticipated in its essence by the ad that precedes it. Let's please back up to the ad. All right, now I'm looking at the ad itself, and I would say that there are some positives. First of all, it's clean. Secondly, it uses color well. Thirdly, the button is eminently clickable and, uh, and, and feels much stronger than the Start Now button underneath it. Uh, it's rounded, three-dimensional, feels like a button. You haven't overwhelmed me with benefits, and uh, you have... Uh, you know, reasonable clarity. As to the effectiveness of the ad, I would say not very. And the reason I would say it's not very is there's nothing here that compels me in itself to subscribe. So I think that I would do one of two things. I would suspect that if you have articles throughout the page that the real kind of subscription is going to come when they click on an article, read something they want more. I would suspect that's where you're going to get more of your advertising. In this particular case, I'm not certain that I would lead into this with a subscription offering. I would probably have subscribed now up in those black, do you see your, your navigation? I'd have it on the top and on the left, and I'd highlight that one link in red so that anybody coming back to my site who intends to subscribe already could immediately find it without having to search the site for an ad. I'd have the subscribe now. Listen to me, guys. Your navigation is an ad. Think of it like an ad. But the secret is to make a little bit of ad in your navigation and a lot of navigation in your ad. By that I mean it's important probably to make this more look like your editorial copy on the right-hand side with a bit more plain text and a stronger reason to click. If you cannot explain enough on this right-hand column in order to get a click, I wouldn't even go for a subscription. I would never lead off with subscribe online. First of all, who cares? You need to use the headline to give me a reason to care, not to tell me the obvious. I got a button right down there that tells me to subscribe. Tell me why. Tell me why to subscribe in the headline. What you should be doing in the headline is not necessarily telling me the whole why, but you should get me focused into the copy of the ad. And there's not enough reasons here. I also would not compete with anything else. I would design it so there's nothing underneath it that might compete with for attention. That big car graphic underneath the subscription really competes for attention. The button's not as compelling, but the car graphic is, and that's dangerous. Depending on what's most important to you, I would weight the importance of each element, and I would give it the proper eye attention based on its importance. So then I would probably use a more editorial 
ad that looked more like the site. Now, I'll tell you something else. If you really want to get, again, if this is, the reason I'm going to suggest this next element is because I think you're advertising for your own product on your own site. I would get the subscribe line thing, and I wouldn't even make it look like an ad. I'd put it right there on a piece of welcome text where it says latest ratings, right in the center pane. I'd shrink the size of the glowing graphic up there because it feels like a banner. I know, I know it's showing things that if they click on, they can probably get to a subscription offering, but it gives a feeling that your site doesn't have content. Now, if we think it's the real consumer reports, we know it has a lot of content, but frankly, when I came to the site, I didn't know if it was the consumer reports or an internet knockoff. There's really not that much logo branding here. And if it is uh, just, you know, the main magazine that I'm thinking of, then uh, I would give it this feeling of solid content in the center plane. It's too, too much graphics, not enough content. And I would use the greeting text. I would use the greeting text to talk about my subscription offering. I'd have, a, I'd have probably a note from the, from the editor or the publisher of Consumer Reports org doing that. And then I would use text links in my navigation and probably sprinkled another couple of places on this page, just plain text links that talked about subscription. By the way, that reminds me when learn more is important. Learn more is important in certain cases when they are afraid if they click on the link, they're going to have to buy something. That's when Learn More works. You use it to, to reduce anxiety. You don't use it as we saw in the previous example. Here it works. Sometimes when I click on an ad or an article, I get into the article at the bottom, I saw people do subscription offerings, and I realized that that was mitigating conversion. Instead, I put the simple link underneath the article that says Read More. Conversion doubles. People click on Read More. What do they want? They want to read more. When they get to the next page, it shows them that in order to read more, they need to subscribe. It doesn't really breach the assumption train, and it's, it's a valid way to go forward. So uh, you know, the page itself needs a lot of work. There's too much on it, and uh, it's not, there's no iPath whatsoever. So to get the ad to work really well, and this is very important for every single publisher that might be on the line right now and for anyone who uses a publisher you cannot write a good ad without, first of all, understanding the page that it's going to be on. And listen to me, you cannot write a perfect ad unless you've got a perfect page. Most of the time you don't. But a perfect page is controlling the eyes and it's moving them towards the primary objectives on the page. So the best way to make that subscription button work is to redesign the home page, feature it in the editorial, Make it feel like it's part of the central pane. Reduce the entire ad. Don't compete with anybody else advertising. They're in a different category than you. This is your offering. And it should come across as a natural part of interacting with the site. All right. I hope that's helpful for some of you. So many uh, other ones that have come in, and I'm trying really hard, and may encourage you to send your emails. We're going to be evaluating those in our, in our next clinic. But let's go, let's go back to something. I asked you to think about the difference and to vote when we looked at two different ads, a button and a plain text link, and we're just moving through the PowerPoint right up to that place, and I'd like to now show you the data. Here's the performance. Okay, it's still scrolling. I'm being told by Allison some of you can't see the performance yet. It should be there for most of you now. I'm watching this on the master, and then I'm watching this on multiple monitors to see how it appears in other places. 
All I can tell you is that in most, in, in all of our monitors now, you should be able to see the data. Here's what you see. The beautiful standout button, by the way, those kinds of buttons work in most scenarios better than a text link. Well, no. Better than the average button. Sometimes better than a text link. But in this particular case, for this particular place, and I think in most cases, you're going to find that the text link outperforms. It's native looking. When our term was thinking about how to write this, we called it ad nativity. We removed that from the headline of this study because we knew that it wouldn't mean a lot to most people. But ad nativity refers to essentially nesting your ad into the context. Now, what do you need to understand? Simple. The text leak outperformed the other one by 127%. That's staggering, guys. It's a lot more money. So, what can we learn from all this? I think... I think there's much to be said, but in our cases here and in our research, contextual ads and offer links that appeared native to the page performed significantly better than those that stood out from the page. Most of us have been trained to write an ad that will jump off the page. By the way, that's especially, that's especially important when you're dealing with these cluttered pages with no iPath. But even in most cases with a cluttered page, we do better with a text link because the very fact that it's a text link makes it stand out amidst all the bells and whistles on these noisy pages that we have a tendency to create. Uh, a key here is just plain banner blindness. And I would suggest that when it comes to applying these findings, you, you match the size, the colors, and the copy to the native feel, the context of the page that you're placing your ad in. So, so keep that in mind. And I think perhaps as you're planning your next ad campaign, design these variations and run the test yourself and see which one outperforms the other. As we have said over and over again, online marketing is testing. Guess what? So is offline marketing. Marketing is testing. Someone's asked what the difference between PR and advertising. Just how much money you pay for it. You know, what makes PR effective is that it has the sense of being native content. But as you well know, much of what we think is PR is just uh, another form of marketing. If you're not sure of that, stick around for the next presidential election. Let me show you something that will help you, too. Uh, do you have that other slide? Yeah, you... You can get a free tool here. This will take you to an offer page for one of our programs. I can tell you that right now, so your anticipation is exactly correct. But on the other hand, uh, this is really a valuable tool that works free, and you can get it and you can use it. There's two ways on there. We'll show you a formula that we use for testing, and I might suggest that you think about that as you're planning on how to test your ads. You can use this tool to test your ads. So with all of that in mind, I think I'm going to have to um, – close this out. I'm running out of time. I would like to get feedback. Allison said ask for feedback. And again, I'm, I've got to be very obedient to Allison. If she, I have, a, I have a group of personal assistants here and she heads them all up and if she ever leaves me, I'm doomed. So um, would you please write me and tell me if you found this helpful. I ask this a lot, but that's because I read it and it matters and every clinic is different and I'm probably going to write a survey that I can use times like this. But in the meantime, 
tell me if you like this approach, if you like looking at the live samples, uh, and, uh, you know, if you found today helpful. Bear in mind a couple of things coming up. Next week we're going to be, not next week, but in two weeks, we're going to be looking at our research on optimizing email copy. I hope you find that as fascinating as I did. It's really quite remarkable. And we'll show studies, and we're going to be optimizing some of your emails, and we're going to be showing you emails we optimized in our research. If the data sets come in properly, about two weeks after that, we're going to talk about your pay-per-click campaigns, and we're actually going to optimize the, the headline copy, and I want you to write the headlines, and we're going to run a series of live tests. So expect in about two weeks you're going to get an email from us asking you to suggest headlines. We're going to actually take a sampling of those headlines and run a live test with your headlines and then report to you which headlines performed best and talk about why as part of a much larger research project that we're working on. That assumes our data sets are there. In the meantime, uh, I think my final request for you is there is, I don't know, $10 million worth of free research on our site. Tell someone about it if you think you know it would be helpful and invite them to the, to the clinic if you think it would be helpful. This audio is available. Uh, it will be posted on our site, and you'll be able to download and listen to it. Or listen. A lot of companies are downloading the audio and listening to it with their marketing staff, and uh, we can help you do that, and, and uh, you know, perhaps that will be available. The other thing is the briefing will come out within the next probably seven to eight days. My senior editor, Frank Green, is sitting here next to me, uh, for those of you that wonder about our methodology, he listens to every clinic. He studies all of your feedback, and then he does another edit of the report before we release it. So we use our live briefings in order to optimize the, the briefing itself before we send it to you. We optimize everything. Thank you, and uh, we will continue to work hard to try and discover what works.